Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording. We pay our respects to elders past and present and the Aboriginal elders of other communities who may be listening today. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, a definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you could be. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or join our community on Facebook by searching The Gays Are Revolting. And of course, if you are bored at home, there is hours worth of extra content on our Patreon, so uh, sign up and entertain yourselves. How are you, boys? Hi! Hello! We're we're all in isolation. Yes, we are. And yeah, just for our listeners, at home, this is our very first remote recording, so apologies of any sound glitches or anything, but we are literally under blankets and mattresses <laughs> right now yeah, in our in bedrooms and self-isolation, so bear with mm. us. <laughs> I'm in full full face. I'm in full face with it. <laughs> um, we're, we're also all thinking of you out there listening to our show. We love that you're still supporting us. We're here to support you too. We hope you're all staying safe and healthy. Now is probably a really good time to join our Facebook closed group if yes. if you're looking to reach out and yeah. to have some sort of social interaction while you were in isolate. I can't ever get that <laughs> isolation. Installation. Why can't you get that one? <laughs> I don't know. I've been doing self installation. Self installation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, now later in the episode, we're going to be chatting with one of Melbourne's premier drag queens, Art Simone. Uh, she's going to be chatting to us about how um, this shutdown has really affected the drag industry and uh, what drag artists are doing to sort of keep active and uh, keep making cash. Really. Um, but before that, Kyle, tell us about your adventure. What happened? Hi. How did it all go down? <laughs> oh, oh, Kylie's back in oh, the boy. house. Yeah, how many weeks has it been now? It's It's been a while. Since the, it was since the Sydney live show, wasn't it? Wasn't that your last episode? Was it? That's crazy. It was like a yeah. lifetime ago. So yeah. for those of you uh, at home who didn't know, I went to South Africa for a holiday to see my dad because I'm originally from there. And I haven't actually seen my dad in six whole years. Um, and I actually brought Duncan, my boyfriend, with me to meet dad because uh, he hasn't met any of my parents yet. <laughs> But yeah, so we were supposed to go for like, I think, uh, two and a half to three weeks in South Africa. And then everything kind of started shutting down. And it was, it was. Were things yeah. shutting down in South Africa as well? No, like you see, they that's were they were at the stage where we were still joking about it because I left work. We were, mm. it was like a big joke in the office. We were mm. like saying, oh yeah, imagine this was the end of the world, blah, 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 apocalypse, like making jokes about it. I'm like, please, you don't need to stock up on anything. Don't be stupid. And then we went overseas and then it kind of started trickling in. And then because of the time difference, every morning, Duncan and I would wake up and we'd just have all these articles that friends and stuff were sending us from Australia, all these like kind of doom and gloom things. And it was really, really hard it's like because it really got in your head and you're trying to enjoy like this holiday and like this time with my dad that i haven't seen him in so long and it's like every day you're just starting with this like lump of bad news and you just have this over like hanging dread it took you out of it and it sounds like, so selfish like i was like oh i'm on holiday and coronavirus is ruining my holiday but no th- i mean there's also something you know like you haven't seen your dad for so long like yeah was- i was really looking forward to that time so, so did you end up cutting the holiday short when they announced they were closing the borders or was yes. that when you were going to come home anyway it was it was a couple days early, so we were getting all this news and we were monitoring it and um, like we were checking the articles every day, every morning, like having our coffee and looking at ABC News app 
Duncan was like, okay, I'm going to email the travel agent um, Mm. because we're starting to stress. Because we saw, I think we saw an article that said borders are going to be closed. So Mm. like Australians need to return home immediately. So we're like, fuck. So we emailed the travel agent and it was so annoying because it was like a whole time difference thing. So we had to wait up to like 12 a.m. to email her so that we could get a response. Oh my Um, God. We were like, should we be concerned? Is this actually something we need to come home? And she emailed back me and she was like, can you get to Johannesburg today? You're so right. that you need to get a connecting flight. And we are like starting to panic because we're stressed out because we're in Cape Town at the time and there was no way we could get to Joburg by that afternoon because there was like no flights and all the flights were like kind of closing. So then we had to like go about our day with my dad and like go to lunch and pretend everything was fine. Yeah, and then that night, Duncan stayed up and then he was up to like 6 a.m. I think, like corresponding with our travel agent. And then we ended up booking a flight through Emirates because we were with South African Airways before. Mm. So Emirates, and then we had to take like the really long way through Dubai, which I thought was terrifying because Dubai, if I was going to get Corona anywhere, it was going to be in Dubai because it's like the hub of like all the countries and everything. Yeah. Yeah, So then we had to like kind of say goodbye and pack everything and say goodbye to my dad. Mm. Um, I shaved my beard off. I cut my nails really short. I was so paranoid about like any kind of stuff getting in there, like for a hygiene perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were landing and everything, they had many announcements and stuff about the whole uh, COVID-19 issue. And we got given forms and we had to fill out our addresses and sign like all these extra documentation and stuff. So I guess that was so that they could monitor us. Um, in isolation and they like made us agree that we would go into isolation right after for 14 days uh the airlines also disinfected everything as they came down and like they had they had like these little aerosol can things i don't know if it like disinfected the air but they walked down and it looked like they were like tear gassing us or something but it was like it was very confronting but it was like they walked down there like the the gangways yeah letting this gas out so i don't know what Mm. that was but i guess it was just disinfecting the area did you get to have your little i'm gonna punch some cones moment on the news (laughs) did you you guys see that that guy that guy that was getting interviewed at the airport yeah that was so funny oh punch some cones yeah punch some cones yeah i could imagine that all sounds awful. I mean, the main thing that I've taken from that story is that you and Duncan must be the only people under the age of 65 that still use a travel agent. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it does sound really awful and scary. And, and it must be really weird being overseas and seeing headlines like Australia closing its border. It was. I mean, it was terrifying. We're seeing, yeah. we're seeing things like that constantly that hasn't been seen for generations. I, I had a weird realisation yesterday when there was an article about how the Melbourne Exhibition Centre has been earmarked as an emergency hospital mm. and morgue. And I was like, shit, that's not something I ever expected to see in in my lifetime. You know, that's something you mm, would yeah. expect 100 years ago. I have a friend um, that works in a morgue and they're like totally expecting numbers to be yeah. higher than the capacity mm. that they have yeah. to handle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just like... I sort of always thought I would enjoy an apocalypse, but yeah. this is um, this isn't like what you were thinking. <laughs> this is no, I was thinking the Walking Dead. I'm gonna have to yeah. fashion Mad Max, so, Mad, Mad Maxine, Max. the gay version. <laughs> Fierce, shave my head, put on some eyeshadow. Mad Maxine, the quarantine queen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the the reality is, an apocalypse is not like um, any of us weirdos um, imagined. Mm. It's it's just. Really, it's It's just all of us on house arrest, really. Yeah, all these people posting all this social media stuff about how they have to self-isolate. I'm like, yeah, but I literally have to self-isolate. Like, I'm not allowed to. to to Like, like, stop stealing my thunder. (laughs) Like, I have (laughs) to actually stay at home for two weeks and I'm not allowed to leave. Yesterday, Mm. Duncan actually had a police check. They called him and and he just thought it was like a telemarketer or something. And then they said that they were out front. So he's like, oh, fuck. Oh so they were like trying to catch him in a lie. Oh, wow. And then he had to go outside and then answer some questions. And they had, um, they asked him how he was self-isolating and what he was doing to prevent the spread or whatever. And like oh, they wow. had uh, masks on and stuff. So I'm just kind of waiting for the drama of so, um, being police Were they catfishing him? Like, were they not actually at the front of the house? No, no. Well, they called him first, but like without saying that they were out front. And then they were like, uh, yeah. So they were trying to see if he was like lying, if he was at yeah, home. Yeah, right. Because now people arriving in the country are being taken by the army to a hotel to be put yeah. under lockdown and guarded for two weeks. Yeah. So at least no, you're my, able to do it at home. Rather my than... mom has to go through that because my, oh my, pl- my, mom, my mom was planning on moving back to Australia this year because she's been oh, yeah. living in the UK for, I think, five years or something like that. The, April was the time she was coming back. So she had an Airbnb booked for six weeks while she like gets work and all that kind of stuff. 
I, I was just trying to tell her to look at it from a positive perspective. At least it's like paid for accommodation for like two weeks. And that's like true. They, yeah, they that's provide true. your meals and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, come on, like there must be a bright side, right? But, yeah. Um, Kyle sort of, you know, we have a little group chat for our little iPod and, and <laughs> getting the up, getting the updates from Kyle, Kyle's really highlighted the impacts on like mm. normalcy, the normalcy yep. of living you know, it really hit home when we're getting the messages seeing like one of our good duties is, you know, stuck here and the financial impact to you mm-hmm. were telling us like getting these these flights changed um, so you could get home before the borders closed was not a not a cheap kind of thing to, to do. And then the uncertainty of when you got back here, I think that reflects a situation that a lot of our friends and family are experiencing at the at the moment. Um you know, I'm glad to hear that you're you're back on online. I can see your little sound <laughs> your sexy you. voice. Yeah, it was it was quite an experience. And now coming back, it's just it's like full force. Like it just hits you all at once because it, it's escalated so much here. I think it's only yeah. kind of starting to hit in South Africa because, like, hearing from my dad. And then you got more bad news when you got home. Yeah. So the day because I was stressing out about getting home in time and stuff because I was like, well, I've got to get home like to my job because my dad was telling me, he's like, it's fine. Like if worse comes to worse, you can just stay with me. I was like, it's not that easy. Mm. But um, yeah, so I got home and then unfortunately, like I got the really hard, difficult phone call from my boss that I'd been stood down at work. So I'm unemployed at the moment. Oh, sweetheart. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's yeah, awful. it's, I, I can't even... I'm definitely not mad or bitter or anything because it no, no, honestly no. like was no. absolutely out of the control and we're such a tight knit little family at work there and it's it's so hard because I know how much everyone loves the company so much and it's such like their whole life's work has like gone into this company and yeah. like I love my bosses like they're the nicest people so it's it's really really hard to hear and like all and to know that so many people are actually going through this yeah yeah it's, it's that it's, thing where like obviously you've been stood down but like will you have your job yeah so they reckon start back up the the, the so for people who don't know at home like i uh, i'm in photo editing so we are 90 percent wedding photography editors so without weddings without mass groups of weddings and mm. photographers taking photos of weddings we have no photos to edit so there's literally no work for us to do mm. it's, this is it's this is all. now your full-time gig Please yeah, sign up so to please, our Patreon. Please, <laughs> please, God, sign up to our Patreon. And Mikey, your money. Your work. Obviously, we saw that very bizarre, very confusing announcement by Scott Morrison, where uh, shopping centres were closed and shopping centres oh, were open, God. and there's no bar a and all that sort of yeah. stuff. One of the things he announced was the half-hour haircuts, which then mm-hmm. got lifted again. How has that been affecting your work? Yeah, on Monday I went to work. Tuesday was the announcement of beauty piercing, nails and tattoos were all completely shut down, but hairdressers were still allowed to do 30-minute appointments. And pretty much all of the biggest hairdressers around Australia all put out statements being like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't you just Mm -hmm. close us down? Like, we're on the front lines at the moment. We are the people that are in actual contact with people every day, putting us in danger And not only that, like forcing salons to continue to stay open so that they can help support their staff members. And so my boss messaged me that day and was just like, look, I'm really sorry. We're going to have to close the salon. Hopefully we can open again as soon as possible. And then the following day in the morning, I wake up to a bunch of missed phone calls from my boss being like, get on the news now, watch the news. And then they lifted the ban because they everybody, it. yeah, they changed mm. it. They were just like, yeah, it's oh, over actually, the <laughs> you can all still work. And we were just like, that is not what all the hairdressers were saying. Yeah. We were saying like, you just need to actually say you're closed. Mm. I went to get a haircut the other day, but decided just to do a weird clipper thing myself (laughs) i swear to god if any of you ever see me messaging about buying some hair bleach or going going blonde whack it you know tell me to stop i'd be like what are you doing all the memes of like the gays emerging from isolation (laughs) yeah blonde hair home ear piercing i I was saying the other day i was googling like how do i pierce my own ears (laughs) (laughs) no no but don't do it don't do it i get really because i've been um working from home i'm very lucky that i can do my day job for the moment still from home Mm. and who knows how much longer i'll be able to work from home for but at the moment i can but i'm getting really pissed off when i see photos of like saint kilda beach and uh, i think manly beach oh my god 
in New South Wales had a whole lot of people as well. And it just sort of shoots me because I'm like, no, hang on, guys. Like, fuck you. I am mm. not haven't left the house for two weeks except to go to the supermarket. And yet you're going out doing this and spreading it around, which is just going to make the, the virus last longer. Yeah. But having said that, generally speaking, when I'm walking around to the shops and stuff through Fitzroy, which is usually heaving, it's been pretty dead. How do you guys think Melbourne's responding to to this lockdown? Poorly. Really? Poorly. <laughs> I, I I think the the messaging out to the general public has been so uh, confusing. Absolutely. Uh, agreed. And, and yeah. inappropriately timed. You know, yeah. we're getting conferences at 9.30 at night and, and mixed messages about businesses and things that it's hard for it, for the general public to, to really know uh, – decisively mm. what they're supposed to be doing at any given time and and it's a time where we need really strong leadership we need a, a yeah. government that steps in and says this is very clearly a, a, a no-no and yeah. mm. although we have social distancing uh, measures in place we also have to remember that we're still human and and mm. we're going to come out the other side of this and return to society because I went to Kmart to pick up some emergency makeup supplies because I'm <laughs> going to get really bored working from home. And I was just in the queue to like check out. There were only three people there. A lot of places are putting little like stickers Dots on the on floor, the floor yeah. to show you what the distance is. I was about, I, I, I would honestly say I was about half a footstep over it because I hadn't seen it was there. But naturally, I don't stand that close to white people anyway. <laughs> and this woman in front of me turned around. She didn't say anything. She just scowled at me, mm. pointed at the floor, made a ugh noise, you know, no no sort of pleasantries about it. And then, like, I apologized and took half a step back. But there was no clear signage up being like, hey, you need to s- stand on these X's. I didn't even notice it. But at the same time, I thought, like, we're still humans. And, and now more than ever is a time for us to be mm-hmm. sort of empathetic towards one another and say, hey, hey, babe, you may not have seen, but there's a cross there for you to s- you stand yeah. on. Look, um, I, I've, I've generally, aside from those sort of cases that are hitting the media, like St. Kilda Beach and that sort of stuff, I've actually been really pleasantly surprised. So uh, yeah, to, to get to the supermarket, um, I walk through Fitzroy, what is usually bars and clubs and that sort of stuff, and it's just dead. The only people you see are carrying um, supermarket shopping bags um, on the way to or from the supermarket, which I'm really impressed by. Um, I've also been very impressed, you know, with my social media feed. You know, I haven't seen anyone posting, oh, you know, going out for a drink in the park or whatever like that. Mm. So, yeah, my little hub where I am seems to be handling it pretty well. In South Africa, when... When we were walking around the beach, I guess we looked like foreigners, Duncan and I walking around. And I remember a lady walked past us and when she saw us walking towards her, she put her towel up over her face like a mask. God. And we were like, Jesus Christ, really? Just because we're like from overseas. So yeah, she must have thought we were bringing the bad juju. Mikey, mm. what about the shopping center? Because you work in a CBD shopping center. Do you see many people walking around There's the still shops? quite a few people because like we have one of the main train stations in our lower ground as well. Mm-hmm. We probably have thousands of people come through a day, but at the moment, obviously it's cut down quite a lot and all the like food court seating areas are all like taped off so no one can sit down. There mm-hmm. are still some people sort of just hanging around and just having a look around, which is really mm-hmm. annoying yeah. because it's just like, what I understand that people need to go and buy certain things. That's totally fine. But when there are literal families of people coming into the shopping center just to have a look it Mm. gets really infuriating because it's just like you don't give a shit about anyone else's health or safety whatsoever otherwise people have been pretty good about it everyone's sort of standing 1.5 meters apart the only thing i would say about the shopping centers especially the ones in the city is that now that we don't have the big crowds there are still a lot of homeless people around and because there aren't the crowds to sort of hide them they are sort of more predominantly in your face because there isn't anyone around. And we've had quite a few instances where we've had to call the police at work. Yeah. Oh um, so apparently we'll be getting an announcement. Um, regard- the state government sort of hinted at a resolution for that soon. Uh, hopefully it'll be something similar to what the UK has just recently announced, which is... Um, um, because obviously the hotel industry needs a bit of a boost is, as it's struggling. It's uh, sort of killing two birds with one stone by um, the government paying for hotel rooms for homeless people. So wow, I'm hoping that we see something. Yeah, I'm hoping mm. we see something like that announced yeah. very, very soon. Because, yeah, without people in the city to be generous and, and help these people out, they 
they have nothing to live on. That's it. And so they're coming into the shopping centres and asking us for money and stuff, which it's really, really sad to see that the government aren't responding, well, haven't responded to homeless people mm. sooner. It's also worth remembering that members of our community, the LGBTQIA, you know, especially the T, are more likely to experience periods of homelessness throughout their life and they're more likely to become homeless at some point due to, you know, just the social difficulties that we go through. Mm. I mean, one of the things like we're sort of talking about, you know, um, Kyle, you've already lost your job. Uh, Marky, mm. yours is, is you know, being cut down dramatically. Yeah. Um, so so many people we know have already lost um, their work. And it's really important to remember, like a lot of us sort of have a bit of a fallback. We might be able to move back in with mum and dad or we might have, you know, a generous grandma or something like that. But a lot of people in the queer community don't have that connection to a bi- biological family and um, don't have that that fallback to to rely on. So it's really important that we are keeping an eye out for vulnerable people in the community that might be losing their income at this time. And, you know, it's easy to sort of for people to get lost in in the giant overload of, of um, people losing their jobs on your social media platforms. Mm. But yeah, just keeping an eye out for those people that maybe don't have a, a backup plan or a fallback or something like that, that also might struggle to go into places like um, Centrelink and that sort of thing it's going to be a very difficult time for those people, I think. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend who is a full-time drag queen and is absolutely not on good terms with their biological family. Yeah. So these measures are extremely uh, difficult for them to navigate because they don't have the same safety net. At the same time, I'm going to start working from home as a Monday because the psych mm. practice is closing our doors are you experiencing any sort of, uh, I, I liken it to survivor's guilt in a way. Absolutely. You, you All know, of my, yeah. So I, I work for a theatre. Um, I manage a team at the theatre. Um, my team members haven't had work for a while now um, since we closed the theatre. And I every day feel sick about the fact that I'm still working in my team members um, won't. Our, our organization has been amazing. They've been very open with communication. Um, they are giving a bit of a, uh, I think they call it a salary maintenance for a few weeks to help people tide them over until they can find something else. But yeah, every day I feel absolutely sick about the fact that I'm still working and that, that mm. my colleagues aren't, and that a lot of other people aren't as well. Same. I found it really hard to, to balance mm. my own self-care mm. whilst having that pseudo survivor's guilt mm-hmm. I, I feel every day like oh my god I've still got a job I've still got so much to do I'm doing 11 hour days at my my work you know physically when the venue was still open mm. but at the same time I felt so so lucky that I had that that I would have to balance out and I'm checking in on all of my performer friends being like what do you need do you need some casual work and you get this, mm. this, this, this. And so balancing those things, I was finding my self-care completely went out the window. Like it was not yeah. on my like priority list whatsoever. Um, yeah. And look, um, what's your name? Luke. Yeah. And look, classic. Luke, <laughs> wow. There's something actually that I've been thinking a lot about and I, I'm going to apologize to you for something. You and I have had a long discussion about the physical queer space versus the online queer space. And since I've always day had, one. Since day one. And I've always had concerns that the, the, the online queer space doesn't give the same connections that people need in order to sort of feel loved and, and welcomed. And I have to eat my words now because it's that digital queer space that is keeping our community together. We've seen amazing things, um, you know, uh, Lexi Gaga and Aisha Buffet putting their stuff online. Yeah. People are getting into the comment section and having chats and we don't have our physical spaces at the moment. So I... Eat my words. You are. You were right. It is an integral part of our community. Welcome and, to the um, club. The water's warm. <laughs> my boyfriend and I were saying the other day, like, thank God this is happening now and not in the nineties. Oh because, gosh! Um, mm. Imagine trying to to keep the community together when there wasn't FaceTime, uh, when there wasn't social media and all that sort yeah. of stuff. You know, we didn't, wouldn't even have Netflix. Yeah. But how yeah. how are you guys been kind of monitoring your own health and stuff during this time? Well, my boyfriend's a doctor, so that's helpful. <laughs> oh, you, you've never mentioned that. <laughs> He's a doctor? <laughs> um, we, we, well, I mean, yeah, so he's a doctor. He works on the psych ward, but obviously, you know, trained mm. medically. Um, so we sort of decided to go into a bit more of a tighter lockdown before 
it was enforced just because it's sort of obviously important that he does stay healthy so he can keep going to work for as long as possible but yeah so it is good having him it's it's also very hard because he's british and he's in a lot of you know group chats with doctor friends from home and obviously things are a lot worse there so sort of getting updates from them i think has been quite daunting for him mm-hmm. and also the, the the reality that at some point if it does get as bad as as places like that that he might be reassigned to medical units to you know assist with the epidemic as well because we need so yeah from a medical sp- perspective it's been quite fascinating and and quite valuable having his commentary on on stuff where he can sort of mm-hmm. break, you guys, break down do, the, the yeah. medical jargon bullshit and, and and just sort of tell me what's going on yeah are you guys going through the same thing when you're freaking out about like every little tickle in your throat or like anything you're like i've got it i've definitely <laughs> no, got it it's, I'm, yeah. i've had gonorrhea so many times <laughs> oh my gosh because like th- this this whole two week thing because i've just reached week one now of my two week isolation and especially not having a job now there's a there's a lot of time to reflect in and worry about my self like that but um yeah constantly i'm like thinking i have all the symptoms like late at night i'm googling everything looking up stories of how people had it really gradually come on i'm like yeah that's me that's how i go i had a bit of a scare the other week because at my work we uh stayed open last week the government had deemed us an essential service and so we were still seeing you know less numbers but 20 to 30 people walking in and out the door every day we were sanitizing on the hour, every mm. door handle, every FPOS machine, computers, whatever. And then I woke up one morning and was covered in sweat. I, I, I was drenched with a fever. My, my throat was completely ripped to shreds inside, it felt like. And I had to message my bosses saying, hey, I've been in the practice for the last three days. I've woken up like this. I spent two hours on the phone to the, we have a hotline you can call that, the nurses sort of screen as many of your symptoms as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, they directed me to a, my GP who I called ahead. They put me into isolation in the GP practice. And then my GP did some tests on my breathing and my temperature and whatever. And he said, you've still got bronchitis. You've had oh, bronchitis for about three weeks. You need to stop. The stupidest thing was like, I had to catch a tram back to get home and, they gave me the mask, so I had a mask on. You know, I looked quite unwell. I was catching public transport because I don't drive, but had put myself way at the back of the tram. There were only three people on the tram or whatever. And this man got on with a full, he was living full respiratory fantasy. He had really? he had the tubes in his nose. No. He was carrying a, an oxygen mask. Y'all, y'all want to guess where he chose to sit? Oh, no. You? He, he does right. not want to live. <laughs> Essentially, he sat on my lap. If oh, my could. God. And he I was had, like, just he's just waiting for death, sweet embrace. He's like, take me now. Just do it. Yeah. And I had to say, hey, he was also about, he looked roughly 60 to 70 years old. Mm. And I said, the, you were in a very high risk category. You've chosen mm. to sit next to a man with a mask and a mm. very like empty tram for no particular reason. Oh you you need to take these, like you were high. Anyway, it was bizarre. It's scary. Oh. It's weird. Some people are so unaware. I... In the airport in Cape Town, saw a man spit on the floor in front of me. Oh. In um, yeah, literally, like in the what? customs line. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Right. Like during all of this, you would literally just do a little spit to the side on the floor. I was like, "Are you?" Yeah, you know, I went. To, I went to the bottle shop yesterday, and everyone <laughs> classic was, you. Yeah, <laughs> some essential supplies, and everyone in there was you know very. Resp- it's just a local. It's not a huge bottle shop, so yeah. there's only a few people in there. Everyone was spaced out, quiet. You know, everyone's aware of what's going on, and these two. You know, really blokey blokes, like frat boy Aussie blokes came in and they're all laughing about everyone standing a meter and a half apart. And they're like, oh, let's start a fight about toilet paper, huh? And then they're like, and then they needed to walk past us, but there was, everyone was queuing up down the aisle. So one of them just starts coughing so that people would move out of the, like coughing at people um, aggressively. What is wrong? With his mouth uncovered, like right in people's faces so that they would move out of his way. Then they went into the like the cool room at the back and were coughing on stuff and touching the stuff and laughing. Oh. And then the manager went out the back and screamed at them. But um, yeah, them it was in? just really like, what the fuck? What kind of fucked up privileged lives have you yeah. had that you think mm. you can go into a space like that where people are obviously feeling a bit tense, trying to do the right thing, and you go in there and make a cough on people 
as a joke. It's, it was, mm. yeah, really upsetting. Like, people like that think because they're young that it's not going to affect them. It's totally fine. Whereas mm. around the fucking world at the moment, there are people our age that are dying from yeah. this. Yeah. Like, this does not discriminate against yeah. age. Yes, people who are older are more likely to suffer from, like, more severe symptoms, and people who are ill are more likely to suffer from those symptoms as well. But there are still people who are our age that yeah. are getting this, that are yeah, getting everyone's more getting severe it. symptoms. Yeah. You are seeing the death toll start to scatter. Sorry, mm. trigger warning to talk about death tolls, but I, I feel like the numbers were really skewed towards one demographic. And as time goes on, you're seeing it scatter out into different demographics of younger people. So that attitude of like COVID is something that affects other people uh, is is really ignorant and yeah. it's also not the time for like this classic Aussie larrikinisms yeah. you yeah. know I think someone told me yesterday about a young guy going into a police station and, and jokingly coughing on people and saying oh I just oh, got so COVID funny. sorry about that and they locked down the police station then he yeah. said I'm joking it's a joke I'm just being a larrikin and they actually arrested him and charged right. him good. with yeah. it <laughs> Like, yeah, we're all fierce queens. I Right before everything shut, I was at Honcho and I was talking to one guy who was like, <laughs> oh, yes, mama, I know about Rona, sis, and uh, oh I'm one fierce bitch. She can raw dog me anytime because oh I've got six bottles of rosé at home and I'm going to be living. Oh, You're not going to be living. <laughs> I said, babe, babe, babe. It was not that long ago that our community faced, you know, a pan health pandemic, yeah. and 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 there were a lot of fierce fucking bitches that were still really strongly affected by it. That's and it. and uh, your our like sassiness is not going to get us yeah. through a no. health pandemic. Yeah. We still need to be mindful of um our mm. own physical. Yeah, mm. like you're not going to be living if you can't breathe from pneumonia, girl. Like living. <laughs> The one thing I wanted to talk about as well that's impacting our community, which I was quite shocked by, was I was talking to a friend yesterday who told me he had just recently met someone new via a dating app mm. a few <laughs> days ago because he wanted to get his bean flicked and get a little wet one. Yeah, oh and I was quite shocked that within our community, um, people may still be prioritizing hooking up and um, oh yeah they're like i'm on prep it's fine <laughs> ain't nothing gonna get me sis well apparently so my housemate was telling me that grinders released released a campaign because they have seen um people using the app drop they've released a campaign about having online hookups on zoom which is really interesting that even grind is having to go online <laughs> yeah it just shocked me i think during this time it's really important to say that sex is not a high priority right now. I know we, we're we generally, even on this show, quite sexual people. You guys are all in relationships, which is, you Thank know. Thank fucking good timing. Great. <laughs> Well, not for all of. Oh, wait! Like, are you are you isolating with your boyfriend, Tom? Because I'm. I, who knows? The next time I'm going to see my boyfriend. Yeah. Right. So because we're not in full lockdown yet, we are still allowed to go to each other's house. Oh, yes, you're allowed we, to leave the house. Yeah, What's so that like? He only lives <laughs> two blocks away, which is um, handy. But we've decided that if we do go into lockdown, we'll uh, base ourselves at my house because. I've got the dog in the backyard, mm-hmm. and um, and also this sounds so stupid, but I've got better internet, so I can. Uh, <laughs> You'll need work that. From home. You'll need that. So this might be fast tracking your relationship until like we've talked about again. it. Well, because the first thought was, what if he he, he was worried he was going to get deported because he's not an Australian citizen? Uh, like, oh, like, we'll get married. <laughs> yeah, and then we were talking about, well, what's going to happen if we have to live. In, if we're not allowed to leave the house, he's like, well, we'll just have to live together. So you, we were talking about, you know, we've only been official for three months, but we've already proposed and are moving oh, into Jesus. <laughs> only five people at the wedding, remember? This yeah. coronavirus has turned us lesbian. <laughs> oh, God. I did the scariest thing the other night <laughs> because I've moved all my romantic life online mm. because I don't want to meet up with these guys. And so... Yeah. How do they choke ha- you through the computer? <laughs> 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 and so I was having my little, like instagram back and forth with someone the other night and i was filming it through instagram because right. i like the filter where butterflies like float around you do and so yeah. i was just pulling one out and and i had the <laughs> the butterflies floating around and then in the video instead of hitting the like send to button to send it to this gentleman oh, no. i hit add to story <laughs> no, <laughs> you did not i did last what? night <laughs> last night it? straight it away was, 
It was full patch. I was just oh like, my God. I, I was red. I was, I was Buzz Lightyear on that. And I like oh. immediately went into airplane mode so it wouldn't upload. Oh, oh thank yeah. God. I know, but then it wouldn't let me delete the story without so completing just the upload. <laughs> and, and so I just threw my phone in the bin. I just see yeah. you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone caught that last night, I apologize if it did somehow upload. We can some we butterfly have, dick. Yeah, we have a pandemic already. Y'all don't need a second yeah, we, one. We've been through like, enough. <laughs> you've been through enough, exactly. <laughs> One thing I just want to add to that hookup conversation, though, Luke, is I don't want to be too trivial about it because a lot of people are feeling really lonely and a lot of people, especially, you know, gay, gay men, um, do use sex as a way of sort of connecting and, and meeting people even. I mean, I've made some of my best friends through through Grindr. Um, I don't want to be too trivial about the fact that it's it's not as easy just to switch off that urge for sex i agree with you that people definitely should not be doing it um but i just want to sort of acknowledge that it's not an easy an easy thing for a lot of people to switch off um because it's for some people that is you know a lot of how they socialize and communicate well it's a lot of valid validation for me i used to purely get validation through sexual encounters with men so i had to rejig that into the online space the same way drag queens are switching their I think you can still have those sexual interactions with mm. people, mm. Uh, but just, and not with your stories though. Just with specific just people. Off, <laughs> just off Instagram stories. But you yeah, don't do use your Instagram stories, stories, and don't use your. I once learned don't try and send people messages on Twitter and accidentally tweet them as well. Oh. Yeah. yeah, just be safe with you know. Take a second before you hit send, and make sure you're hitting the right button. Um, but I do. T- I fully agree that you know we've talked about sex as currency within our our, mm. our community and and the sexual contact that we have being a really important part of like building connections. But in terms of health and safety, I think it's really important to say you can do that from an online space. Mm. And and I I have no idea what the first week once lockdown finishes is going to be like for us as gay men in terms of the semen levels out there. (laughs) Not to be light again, but I just, I, I feel like we need some levity in the world too. But, you know, I feel like venues are, Specifically, someone in our Facebook group said, like, wet is going to be... Uh, Do you know what I'd love to know? Dry. And this is just such a side topic, but maybe there's a medical expert out there that has the information on this. Is this lockdown going to affect other, the, the spread of other things like gonorrhea and chlamydia with people not being able to go out and not hooking up? Are we going to see a drop in, in other infectious STIs. diseases. Yeah. Probably, yeah, for sure. I think dropping be, everything. Yeah. I mean, like, the world pollution, isn't that, like, getting way better now? We're going to see lorikeets return to the Peel Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tonight, we're joined by drag artist, entertainer, and producer, Melbourne's very own Art Simone. Thanks for joining us for our first remote recording. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's such a sh- you're so beautiful. It's such a shame that we can't see you. I know. I just do. I really want to let everyone at home know that I'm in full drag at the moment. I of course. Have- assume you always are. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. I spent three and a half hours getting ready for you guys. And I'm oh, excited bless to be you. here. Just for an audio-based podcast. I'm lovely. in a tux right now. so I know. But <laughs> you say it's audio, but you should be able to hear my jewellery clanging about and my nails tapping. So, it's a real ASMR oh, experience. What, that's what that 
that is, thank God. <laughs> uh, now, uh, you're for anyone living under a rock, you're a bit of a, a leader in uh, Australia's drag community. You've had some huge major success, uh, but you've also kept a bit of a foot in the door with the local drag scene. Um, of course, headlining the Broken Heel Festival in New South Wales and uh, performing a weekly show at the Geelong Piano Bar. Uh, you seem to be a bit of a queen that never sleeps. Oh, (laughs) we need to preface this with, I used to never sleep, but now I sleep all the time. No, that's true. You've got a lot of of time available. But uh, no, no, yeah, I've travelled a lot of places, um, but I love to perform. I do, well, I'm going to just say I do. I'm still in the mindset that I'm still working very busily. So I do, you know, Piano Bar Geelong every Wednesday and Sunday Mm. or Colac or Ballarat. I'm very regional, you see. Yes, of course. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but you do. You are serious. You work so much. I mean, I feel like I'm always watching you on Instagram, going from like one gig in the morning to another gig in the afternoon to a third gig in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, did little baby art and like from what I've heard, rumor is that your first live gig was at the Greyhound. Is that correct? No, so I, I started at Dracula's Cabaret when I was 18. Um, I went straight out of high school and started working there and I started working on my drag there. Uh, my first actual regular gig, I entered Destiny's Drag Race. Destiny Forbidden, remember her? Um, yes. I did Destiny's Drag Race at uh, at the time it was called D&M, but that was the old exchange. Yes, um, yes. I was always just so keen. I was so keen mm. to perform. I was so keen to talk to people. I was so keen to get creative. I remember I was talking about this yesterday with someone and they're like, oh, what's your goals? Or like, what? When, when did you know you like the best you could do? And I was like, well, I've had lots of little goals. And my biggest goal I had when I first started was like, I want to host Boylesque. I really want to host oh. Boylesque, which was the Friday night show at the Greyhound. Yeah. I was saying that when I was like 18 and mm. then – I think I was 19 and a half or, or like close to 20. I was close to 20 is when I was booked to host Boylesque every Friday night. And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> so I've always had those Boylesque shows. They were so camp. Oh, there was Ollie a Reddy. Oh, yes. There was a, so, yeah, the that age that took over from Tom Patrick. Yes. Yes. Yeah, when we were like Ministry of Dance, all those boys. And they're still around now. They're floating around. It was like Ollie, Brody. Their faces um, move slightly less, but they're still around. <laughs> they're still there. We're just so excited because Ollie Reading is, uh, now that he's, you know, we're all locked down and not working much, he's decided to grow his chest hair. So it's very exciting. Oh we're my all gosh. On, we're on chest hair gate at the moment. If I needed um, another reason to love him, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and every single person has been affected by the coronavirus in one way or another. A big part of our community's entertainment comes from drag, most of which have faced immediate unemployment. How has this whole thing impacted on your work as a drag queen and also like in your social life? Like uh, you're isolating now, I think you said. Mm, mm. Um, well, basically, all the work is non-existent. Um, mm. <laughs> like, or oh, yeah. Any type of work that we'd ever kind of known before is gone. Um, because, you know, the biggest thing mm. we do is interact with live audiences and all of that, which, um, you know, for a very good reason is not happening at the moment. I'm quite an introverted person, so I thought I was going to f- love this. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, for me, a big thing has been, like, I'm really introverted, so performing every night was very draining and I spend my daytimes inside recharging. I call my house my nest. I'd be in my nest doing my little things and then I go it again that night and perform for people. So I didn't think I would be struggling too much with not having the performance side of it, but um, I've realised that's still really important for like mm. me- my mental health. Like I, I think expressing myself that way was a great way totally, to like yeah. let out different things. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough time, but it's a tough time for everyone at the moment. At yeah. least we can all relate to that. We can yeah, relate. I think that's really what's getting a lot of people through. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a sense of community amongst everybody that, like, shit, this is this is fucked for everyone. Mm. But, I mean, that doesn't really take away from your own pain and, and, and the fact that you have, you know, in the space of a few days, your entire career has been put on hold. Um, and as well as, I mean, how, how do you feel sort of, I mean, for me, I was almost in tears going through Facebook. I think it was Thursday last week, just watching Queen after Queen post, I've lost my gig, my gigs have been cancelled and stuff. Have you sort of been in touch with a lot of the other queens? Like, how is it um, watching that ha- unfold? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we've all been in touch with one another. And, like, initially, I think we were all 
kind of okay because we I don't think we thought about the severity of this situation and yeah. the, the length of it because we saw venues close, we saw smaller venues kind of be like, well, we can have 180 people in because we're this big and we'll try another week. I don't think we all kind of grasped how long this is going to go for and I think it's only been in the last few days that we're listening constantly listening to these updates and it's like six months at least six months at least six months at least and i think that is kind of the scary thing Mm. i think initially i was like well we can do this sure i'll have a month off whatever because a month and everyone will be fine and i think it's only now that we're kind of going like oh shit like i i think you make a really good point like there is a reason that people go to a bar to watch drag um there is a beautiful personal connection that happens there but in this time that we can't do this it is quite incredible to see queens like lexi gaga doing a show from her living room and that sort of stuff um are you going to be taking your stuff online more yeah i think initially i had really big reservations because for me the magic is kind of lost when you take a drag queen out mm-hmm. of the bar because it's mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. energy and the environment, the space that it's in and being able to make contact with certain people. And there's jokes that happen with that. And I was really kind of against it um, uh, towards the beginning. But I was in drag on Friday when Lexi was doing her live and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let me drop in. I'll do a talk spot with you. And I, before that happened, I was watching her her show intro and then watching her like go on and do a drag number and I was like wait a second I think this is fine like I think it made me really happy I was like if I'm feeling this I'm sure lots of other people are feeling that I guess the only issue for a lot of us is a lot of our work is actually on a microphone it's interacting with people it's making Mm -hmm. jokes and that's even though you've got comment sections and everything, it, it doesn't it's work. Not the same, yeah. They're delayed. They're like not coming in at the same time. So we definitely lose that element. And a lot of us girls who really thrive on that type of interaction, it's kind of a new world. But yeah, so I saw her do that. I joined her for that. It was really fun. It made me really happy. So we did a live stream on Sunday for Piano Bar because uh, that's normally our drag night. And I think that went really well because when I when we finished it, I got a lot of messages from not only like regular patrons and queens, but also people that had never been able to see our shows before. Well, that's the other element, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it brings it. It brings it into um, the 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 phones and the laptops of people, um, perhaps in rural areas that can't get to to venues, perhaps that aren't out, that can't be seen at certain venues, and even to people around the world that that wouldn't normally come. Uh, get to come and see. Like I had people in the UK. They're like, I got up early for this, and they're watching this at like (laughs) nine a.m. Oh, that's so Um, cute. It's a whole new territory. I don't know uh, how to uh, navigate it just yet. Um, oh, God. It's, it's, it's a different world out there. Even huge events like RuPaul's DragCon in the US have also been postponed. Uh, how does the closure of such a large event burn the queer community as a whole? Like, I imagine so many vendors have lost so much money. Uh, oh, well, that's the thing, because what DragCon is, um, is, of course, there's all the, the queens there, but there's so many drag-related businesses that invest and rely on uh, creating new connections and networking and everything. And they usually travel. There's a lot that travel from overseas. Yeah. I, I, one thing I'm trying to really push is not to be selfish in this whole thing. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I've lost my job, whatever, but there's like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of other people that are in the same boat. And they're not as lucky as someone like me who at least has a large network of people that I can reach out to or talk to or contact these people, their jobs have just been taken away from them and they're now stuck isolating in their house. It's like mm. I've been talking to Filma, Filma Box, who is the assistant director for the Broken Hill Festival, which is meant to be happening in September. And we've had those discussions. We're like, well, is this going ahead? Like what happens? Like, yeah. We need a plan B. So it affects a lot of people. But Yeah, it, it's really hard that sort of, I think that's the hardest part actually is the uncertainty of the length of time. Um, because you're right, we, you were saying earlier, like at first you thought, we all sort of, sort of thought, oh, a month, that's easy, we can do that. But yeah, not knowing whether, is that going to go ahead? Is Mardi Gras going to go ahead next year? You know, is Midsummer Festival going to go ahead next year? Well, even like when all my international travel got cancelled, I was, I was like, that's okay, they gave me a credit. I'll In October, I'm going to go and do this. And then I was <laughs> yeah. talking and yeah, I was like, like uh, I don't think... Our borders are going to be open for like 12 months. Like I think it, as people, when we have kind of 
parameters or a deadline it's like great I can work towards that I can work with it absolutely I was saying this last night to a friend um she's a costume designer and she's lost all of her work um because all of the she does costumes for like drag queens and pole dancers and burlesque people and all of that stuff has stopped at the moment and she's even uh, does wedding dresses and all the weddings are stopping and she and I was talking to her and I was like if this had a finite date I, I know I would feel more inspired and motivated because I'm like, great, well, we've got two and a half months and I, but in that time I can do this, this, this and this. But because there's nothing ahead of me at all, I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, I've been thinking a lot about um, the, sort of the smaller venues. You know, you mentioned uh, Geelong Piano Bar. We had Anthony Spinner from DTs on the, the podcast last week uh, to talk about how it's affecting them. Do you think like our smaller queer venues are going to survive this? Oh, I'm I'm petrified. I've spoken to some of the girls and I'm like, there's a few scenarios. Like one, what if these venues, like even the 86, like if, if these venues don't survive it, we won't have those spaces anymore. Mm-hmm. And my other like paranoid fear, which I shouldn't be investing any time in, I'm like, well, what if people really get used to just sitting at home watching live streams? What if they don't want to come <laughs> oh, out? No, that'll you know, never happen. That, <laughs> that, has, that has crossed my mind. But then after being in lockdown for a week, I'm like, no, I will be, <laughs> as the day that we're allowed out, I will be fucking partying and well, I'm not that's, coming back that's, home. <laughs> that's the flip side to it too because I mm. said this last night to a friend, drag queens and DJs and shows were always used to entice people to come to certain venues. People aren't going to need those for the first, yeah. like, six yeah. months. They just want to go out and fucking drink their drink yeah. till they pass out. So my my other fear is, well, we're not kind of useful. We're kind oh, of just we're, we're kind of like a cher- we're a cherry on the top. Um, I think I think the Melbourne venues though have a, a strong loyalty to their queens yes. yeah. and yeah. Um, genuinely care about the welfare of their performers. I mean, I've I've had owners from venues that I don't even perform at regularly check in to see that I'm okay. Um, so I, I I I hope and I feel like Melbourne at least, and I'm sure it's similar at a lot of queer venues around the world, um, that our spaces would would make sure that they are getting back the queens that performed with them yeah. before. Yeah, and I think, I think an area that people don't realise for most of the, like, working drag queens, our bread and butter is private events, is, like, hens parties and birthdays and weddings and obviously all of those are cancelled at the moment and it's that's another place where maybe we won't be needed anymore. Um, well, that you do sort of start to wonder that, you know, are people going to have the money f- to be well, booking exactly. a queen for the, yeah. I've been, I've, I've been quite lucky myself where most, because obviously I've had to cancel, you know, X amount of weeks slash months ahead. A lot of the, my clients have been really good and they've been like, no, we're just postponing. So we're like, keep, the, de- keep the deposit. We want to do oh, this, blah, blah, blah. Thank goodness, yeah. I've, I've only had to do a few refunds and stuff, which is, the scariest thing to do when you're like, well, this is the amount of money I have for the next forever. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And you're <laughs> refunding money that you've probably already spent. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we do in business. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We're just going to remain positive and hope that people, you know, still love drag. We're pretty goddamn yeah. fun. Well, speaking of money, I mean, we've seen the heartbreaking um, photographs of people queuing up for Centrelink, you know, queues around the corner um, all across the country. I guess no one was really ready for a pandemic like this, especially Centrelink. Well, Centrelink wasn't good at the best of times, so now that it's got a bit of pressure on it, it's completely crippling. Mm. Um, Do you think the government's stimulus arrangements for newly unemployed people has been adequate? And do you think they're addressing the arts enough? So I can only speak on behalf of myself. Um, mm. I've never dealt with Centrelink in my life, in my entire mm. adult life. Um, so this has completely been a brand new process. On and off the phone for four and a half hours yesterday. Oh my I god! Did, yeah, same. It was horrible. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to go into a branch because I think that's really contradictory to be yeah. like social distance, but then stand in a line for three hours. I uh, all I can say is I was happily surprised when they announced, you know, they were kind of looking after sole traders as well, which is I've never been applicable to anything in my life because I've been self-employed. And I, you know, if I lose my job, it's like, well, that's, you are your job. So from thinking when this all happened that I would have nothing coming in and that was that, and I'd already come, come to come to peace with that, to hear that then I can get some money that will hopefully uh, cover my rent and my utilities. Like mm. I'm quite happy with that. The process is archaic and like a piece of, 
crap, but um, <laughs> but at least it's getting me something to do. Well, that's a really <laughs> positive way of looking at it, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, mm. like I'm, I, I, I still can't believe that I'm going to get money handed to me to help me out. Mm. I, I've just always fended for myself completely my entire life. Like, um, so for, to someone to actually help me is great. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that look at it and be like, that's not enough. That's, you know, you've shut down half the country. That's not enough. But I'm just grateful for any assistance whatsoever. Um, I fully agree with that. Coming from a country like South Africa, um, the government doesn't help you whatsoever. So living here where a government actually gives you something, I mean, it's not always like the absolute best, but it's just, I'm grateful for anything really. Yeah, I I felt like when that came through, I I was in a group conversation with all my piano bar girls that work with me there. And when Mm. that came through, I I could just feel like, like a weight, uh, come off our shoulders because it's like okay like we're not in this alone because we were already looking at like how we could support each other because I know they have different skills so it's like girl make me some dresses or <laughs> can you choreograph something for me like I think we're grateful for that at the least yeah um, definitely I was speaking to my mum she's like well that's what your taxes are for you've been paying taxes <laughs> for so long so you oh, bless. deserve that and I was like oh thank you mum oh, <laughs> well on a, on a bit of a lighter note we have seen the rise of a secret lasagna delivery service <laughs> Um, and, like, <laughs> and like gin distilleries pumping out hand sanitizer. How does like a drag queen adapt to this kind of new reality we're all going through? Yeah, I think um, uh, at the very least we're all going digital. But on the other side, drag queens that can offer a, a different service. Um, you say a lot of drag queens are multi-talented in that they'll make costumes or they'll do show mixes or they'll style wigs. So I know a lot of them are starting to tap into that. The only issue is all the drag queens that would normally buy those are unemployed. But uh, <laughs> but I, I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting at home being like, oh, I need that wig. That would be beautiful for when I get to go out to the disco. Um <laughs> Uh, so there's that. Um, the live streams are definitely helping with a lot of a lot of queens um, who are putting PayPal links to help them out for donations. Uh, I was talking to another queen from Chicago, uh, T Rex, and she was talking. To me. She's like, "How are you doing?" Like, I'm like, "Oh, it's all good." Blah blah blah. She's like, "You just need to put like a PayPal link. Like, everyone will help you. They tip. They tip." And I was trying to explain to her that the tipping culture is non-existent in Australia. No, and, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "They don't want to give me money for not doing anything." Because, and she's like. You put makeup on, that's doing something, they'll pay you. And I'm, it's like the, the the concept of like just taking money for no reason is mm. so like un-Australian to us. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Um, so there's that. But then also a lot of queens are really pushing their merch at the moment. And that's where I sit. I feel a bit more comfortable. I'm like, at least I'm giving you something for your money. So you can buy a T-shirt. Um, some of the queens like me and Felicity Frocaccino in Sydney and Hannah in Sydney, we are... Uh, we are up on the Cameo website, so you can like spend like ten bucks and get. That's been like, really popular, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the ones that people have been booking with me, they've been like, "I don't really want you to say anything, but I just want to give you some money." So just like be funny. <laughs> <laughs> me being like, "Hi, I'm trying to be funny. Thanks for your money." Um, uh, yeah, so there's lots of different avenues, and if you do want to help out a local girl that mm. you uh, are used to seeing and enjoying their shows, just you know, reach out on their social media. A lot of them are posting how you can assist um, at this time if you are in the financial place to do it. Because to me, my entire world, we're all unemployed. Like all, because all my friends are creatives and performers, or work in hospitality, or are costume designers, and we're all out or, or stage uh, managers, or all of that. We're all out of work, so I'm like, no one has any money. But I forget that outside my bubble, there's a lot of people that love drag and see what it does and mm, can yeah. help. Um, well, Art, thanks so much. I mean, you and I have had some fun, messy, trashy nights out. This has been quite a sobering, different kind of a night. So thanks so much for joining us. Oh, no problem. Look at us <laughs> being two responsible adults in this world. I know. Now, how can people support you? How can they jump online and, and grab a bit of Art Simone? Oh, well, as I was saying, um, you can, well, first of all, just, you know, show me some support in general. Like a photo, write a comment and just be positive. Um, but if you are looking to h- help financially, um, I've got fabulous merch on sale i have one of your t-shirts i love it yes i've got lots of goodies there or if you want me to say something on camera for you um, you can book me on cameo (laughs) but uh the best you can do is just keep up to date because when all of these restrictions lift and we go back into the venues i'd really love for you to come out have a drink and uh be there with us in person when we can all air hug and touch elbows once again (laughs) 
Oh, thanks so much. Uh. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Gosh, that's our first ever self-installation, self-isolation episode <laughs> done. I think we did all right. I think, I think it's all right. Okay. Thanks for tuning in and uh, thanks for bearing with us. Obviously, it's a bit weird for us not mm-hmm. being able to see each other and, and being and without Luke hitting me constantly throughout the recording. Oh, this yeah. is hard. That's the it's thing. Quite being, abusive. No, I'm a physical. I'm a touchy person. I had mm-hmm. to. I've. I, I have to put mittens on those like mm-hmm. no touch mittens. But yeah, no hitting. I'm sorry that we couldn't be in person for this one (laughs) but uh of course we will be back next week and we're having a queer psychologist come in so if you do have any burning questions you can send them anonymously um via message or email as well Mm. and just jump on our socials and if you're feeling a different type of burning please contact the covid hotline (laughs) 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 and don't forget guys if you do want to help support us please sign up to our patreon and don't forget we do have our facebook group as well so Mm -hmm. jump in on that start the conversation and we've got uh after shows still going as well uh gays are revolting untucked um for those (laughs) patrons who have donated we'll keep them going because i think we need more content now more than ever whether you like it or not and we're going to be continuing our corona conversation from earlier on the after show but whilst we're talking about extra content can i also just plug that uh my other podcast granny bingo wireless uh is coming back as of sunday the 29th of march so tomorrow after this podcast comes out (laughs) (laughs) it's basically myself carmen allen scott brennan playing three old ladies and many other characters um trying to do an am radio community radio show (laughs) amazing and, and stay tuned on our Instagram lives and stuff. What Follow your favorite queens. See mm-hmm. what they're doing and buy their merch. Buy their merch. Yes. We should have merch, shouldn't we? I've been selling your stuff like, for ages. Days revolving like gas masks or something. <laughs> 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 Stick around for the after show if you are a patron. But if not, we will see you guys next week. Yay. Bye. 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 